Welcome to The Word Podcast. I'm Seth Williams. And I'm Brendan Ward. And we're here to discuss all things local real estate, legal, title, market, and really anything else we can come up with. So stick with us on this journey as we talk about The Word. Mike and Kristen, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You know, uh, our pleasure. We'd love to just kind of kick it off with a little bit of intro. Yeah, should we find out who Mike and Kristen are? That's what I just fucking said. Oh, okay. I, didn't, I didn't know we could curse. I this. didn't know either. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. It's a lot yeah. better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I try not to do it like okay. in the first minute, like I just did. But okay. yeah, listen, we don't care. Okay, right. Uh, we're trying to attract our tribe of clients mm-hmm. here. Gotcha. So, okay. mm-hmm. so, um, so, uh, fellow cursors. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got Maybe. it. I thought you were gonna drop a. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I held it out. I held it back. Yeah. Well, you know, that's probably better than what I did. But yes, Brendan, you can start because every single time I try and start, you yell at me. So you can go ahead. Oh, wow. I'm going to cry. So we're with Mike Urban and Kristen Karshis. Yeah, nailed oh. it. Mike is with EXP Realty and Kristen with Keller Williams Chestnut Hill. For now. And Forever. For, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Uh, I, I'm usually not at a loss of words. So we are very delighted to have you both on today. And I took a minute to look at your LinkedIn profiles and get a little backstory on each of you. And, you know, one of the things that we always find interesting is to hear a little bit about sort of how you ended up where you are. So, Kristen, uh, how, how'd you go from being a social worker to selling real estate? Sure. So um, I have uh, my bachelor's in psych and my master's in social work. I went to, I worked for Head Start for 10 years. It's a nonprofit in Boston that services low-income families. Though I loved what we were doing and the mission, it was um, a lot and I had some major burnout. I have bought my first home when I was about 22. My investment property when That's awesome, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. I honestly- That's a really long time ago. Yeah, it was a really long time. Whatever, whatever. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there it is. Um, And we, I didn't know what, I knew nothing. I just heard that owning was better than renting, right? And I came came across a house and it was a short sale. And I also didn't know how valuable that was at the time in 09. And I grabbed it and it has served me well. I traded that right up from the home I'm currently in. And- uh, So you sold it recently? Two years ago. Wow. Yep. Probably arguably at the, I don't want to call it the peak, but very close to the peak Mm -hmm. of- It wasn't actually because- It was probably in Peabody or something. It was- it was, yeah, right. We, we actually, again, like this is the fun thing about real estate. We nailed the timing without knowing we nailed the timing. Um, because the home we're currently in then, um, skyrocketed. And so now we have some serious equity and it's awesome. And we'll do some, some things with that. But yeah. So anyways, I, I just enjoyed it. And then you were like, I'm dealing with kids in a Head Start program and dealing with customers looking for homes is a better idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what does that thought process look like? Yeah. And I was, I was like, let's, my, my sister-in-law who works with me, she said, she's a bartender at Legals. She was their number one bartender. Very, very good. And mm-hmm. she was like, hey, I'm interested in getting my real estate license. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's go do it. And I just fell in love with it. Actually really loved the like real estate law. I was I was into it, and like in practice, you're into that too. I hear. Yeah, I, I mean, occasionally I look at uh, on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and in practice, we 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 rely on you to to 
navigate that and it's not what we do. And so then I learned how to sell homes after I got my license with KW and I fell, I just fell in love and here I am five years later team. What an awesome transition slash evolution to go from like caring with vulnerable populations to dealing with another set of vulnerable population, which is home buyers. And oh, sellers. totally. Yeah. Very cool. Mostly buyers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to. 50 50. There's going to be a lot of like side. Some of that. There so we yeah, go. a lot of jabs in as much as we can. Yeah. Keep working on your jabs. Yeah, yeah that was a so, good one. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about you. You were an electrician at one point? Yeah. So, right out of high school, my dad had a business in Pennsylvania and I did electrical work, industrial. Old Forge? Yeah. Is that in Valley Forge? No, 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 no. Uh, Old, Old Forge is actually a small town in Pennsylvania, probably about an hour and 45 minutes outside of Philly. And it's it's considered yeah. the pizza capital of the world. Why everybody's is Ita- that? I don't Seriously? know. Everybody's Italian there. They're, there's a special style of pizza that they make there. What, which, what, which style? Is what? It, they call it Old Forge style pizza. But what, like, is it's it like, Greek, it's, Italian? It's, it's all Italian, but it's like a special, deeper, square, or uh, rectangular crust pizza. Is it's it like cool. Is it like bakery pizza? Kind of, yeah. Is the it's cheese really different? Is it like grated it's, cheese instead of like... Um, wicked saucy? Yeah, yeah, it's not real saucy, no. It's uh, You know what? I, I'll ship you some. Oh, Are you Italian, Mike? Oh. I am Italian. Okay, same. Italian. So then we can trust right, your judgment. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so Italian, I guess on I'm your mother's side. Yeah, on my mom's side. Yeah, yeah, Urban doesn't sound like an no, Italian No, my dad is, was um, Lithuanian. Oh. So I don't know what that is or where it is or where it's from, but I guess somewhere around Germany maybe. I don't know. I'm not hmm. I'm not good at geography. We'll check the map later. Yeah, yeah. We'll check it later. Yeah. But yeah, so right out of high school, um, started doing electrical work for 10 years. And then I actually got sick for a while. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much, but I, I was sick for a while, didn't know if I was going to recover. And I knew that I didn't want to do electrical work in the future or any kind of electric work in the future. I kind of wanted to do my own thing. Not that I wasn't. Um, I was basically running the business at the time around the time that I got sick with my dad. And then I said, if I recover, I want to get into something different. And at the time, my brother-in-law was just starting a company and he said, you should get your real estate license. And I did. And pretty much the rest is history. I did electrical work after I recovered for like three months. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, every single year after that, I was like 60, 70 units wow. um, per year. Yeah, it's no awesome. rentals. Is yeah. it weird that like your brother-in-law got you into it and my sister-in-law got me yeah, my into it? There's a lot of things My brother-in-law is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk <laughs> too much about him. I'll probably get sued. But yeah, yeah, he got this me into a it. This is a public No, now I'm intrigued <laughs> podcast. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I'm thankful that, you, that you he had did. me at sued. <laughs> I, I'm thankful that he got me into it. But uh, yeah, that's it. So the rest has been history. For, so for the last six, seven years, been selling real estate. Awesome. So you the guy we want when we are worried about the electrical system as our agent. You could call me. All right. You could call me. I give my good, Especially in a no inspection day. Double, double, double taps. Yeah. Double taps you can solve on the I panel. Got it. No yeah. problem. Sweet. And what's what's really interesting, I don't I don't think I told you this, but the, the reason I know Mike is because we almost did a transaction almost. together. <laughs> we were like really close. Like I mean as close as one gets other than no yeah. offer. Yeah. And did like, Seth tell you to take a hike? I think he was no, trying was, to get my client's contact information while I was there. No, well, I'm not I, entirely I, sure. I, but. Saw, I probably do have their contact info <laughs> because we sign everybody out at the open house. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, no, I think we showed this property. It was, a, it was a couple who was relocated from Texas. Yes. I remember it like it, it's burned into my brain. We, I think we showed him this place like four or five Yeah, times. it was a lot. And I remember telling my client, I was like, he's like, wow, these people must be really interested. Because like usually, if you know, 
second showings are pretty good. Um, yeah, and just like, you know, we super nice guy and hit it off. And uh, luckily, his clients ended up finding a, a really nice home in Winthrop. So. Not one, one of yours? Not, not, not one of Seth's. No. Yeah, super, no, we we, we, super we, pissed. We, yeah. Yeah, I just censored myself, yeah. I saw him uh, write, like, uh, you know, offer accepted or something like that, and I had just seen his client, like, everywhere in town, yeah. and I was like, what are you guys, buying Crescent? And they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. I think that was yeah. the street that name was even, it. right? Yeah, like, yeah, that was it. It's just a small you town. Even know, like, huh? yeah, you even know, huh? You probably said I was. I actually, I actually, I actually have your LinkedIn they profile the, on my wall, and I've been scratching out your picture for two years. This is all a sabotage. They get the Reference Magazine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they definitely do now. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Reference Magazine? You are mine. Oh, yeah, I stole it. Yeah, <laughs> replicate yeah. that somewhere else, my friend. Coming soon to Middleton, maybe. Coming soon. Yeah, it's real good. You could be, you could be in it. Yeah, <laughs> for free, right? Yeah. No, free. you'll have to sponsor yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be twelve thousand dollars. Cheap, it's cheap. Nice. It's not. It's not the most inexpensive thing I do, you know. So, um, and then obviously, Kristen. Yeah, we met. Geez, we also strangely. I'm just realizing almost did a deal together. Which one? Oh yeah, in winter. Back in the day, right? Yes. So, successfully put it under contract right yes. and then you pulled the pulled out right after the inspection like <laughs> i was super pissed well there was some issues yeah but you know we ended up selling it <laughs> for did, significantly more money which was yeah, great, great. Nice. And, then, That's awesome. uh, and then yeah we did end up doing a real deal together in people yeah. which was great so you right. did a good job there There was a lot of offers in that place so. i know peeves okay. crazy market so you know really like man the market has been shifting like wildfire just want to see what what are you guys seeing out there um you know whether it's open house traffic offers written like talk to me a little bit about from each of your point of views what's going on in the market right now i'll go first on that one love it so i i think that at least from my perspective i sell in the city and north of the city i live in stoneham so cool uh, i feel like every market is pretty unique and for sure the, the markets that were hyperactive prior to covid are the ones that picked up the fastest. Obviously, best school districts, stuff like that, people gravitate towards yeah. those markets, right? I feel like those ones are the ones that are gonna still be recovering. And then the markets that received what I like to call like artificial appreciation, like somebody got outbid in neighborhood A and they decided to go to neighborhood B or even neighborhood C, like the B and still C- overpay. The, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> those markets are the ones that are slowing down. So the ones that are nearest the best school district neighborhoods, those are the markets that are slowing down. So it's up and down no matter where you go. And every market is, it's actually good for us as producers because it makes it harder to decipher, in my opinion, sure. for your clients, you know what I mean? To make the right decision. And uh, that's what I've been seeing. How about you? Yeah, same thing. We were able to write several offers under ask, get things accepted, negotiate Mm -hmm. six weeks ago. Isn't that so crazy? (laughs) Yeah. And um, and we're... You know we're sphere based, so I mean we would go with people. Go we sold in over forty towns, and but I'm I'm mostly in the north of Boston, and um, it's we're seeing the same thing. If it's a top rated school system, um, and it's, if it's clean, if it's clean, it's whew, and if it's priced right, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the bottom line in any market. If it's priced right, it doesn't matter. And we did we're looking at like what's what's the mortgage you know just to throw it up what, what was the mortgage at three thousand five months ago it was a mortgage three thousand twelve months ago what is it today and then we're showing that to our sellers and saying like are you gonna what would you do what would you do yeah. yeah yeah and 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 then just giving them the data and and i'm like we can't even look at six months ago who cares about six months we just look at one month like yeah. one month yep and it's low it's low inventory obviously but um frankly like we strategize to price the week that we go on against we our competition. So do we, yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah. And so we talk about range, but we don't talk about the final number 
until, I mean, some the morning of, honestly. It's like, yeah. the same here. Yeah. You see what's active on the market, yeah. see what under agreement, how fast it went under agreement. Right. right. Yep. And so uh, my, feel, my feeling with even, even my buyers, I'm like, do you love the home? Is it, can you afford it? Or is it going to make you house poor? Don't buy it if it's going to. What are your goals? Like, do you want to see equity and trade it up in five years? Or is this your forever home? Like, then go for it. and Go mm-hmm. hard. Who cares? The answer, I guess, is um, what was everyone, the question? Get, everyone get ready. <laughs> I know. I went, off, I went all over the place. No, no, we're you talking said about my, teams. In my brain, I went all over the place. The answer is it's product specific. There are micro markets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> if it's priced right, it's going. If it's not priced right, it's sitting. I. It doesn't matter if it's in number one top rated school system or, you know, town C, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, If it's priced right, it's still moving right now. So we're co-listing. I object. <laughs> we're co-listing. I'll be vague. We're, we're co-listing a couple properties right now. And uh, dude, pricing's so hard. And I agree with everything you guys have said. We're doing the same thing from a pricing standpoint, but mm-hmm. I personally am getting caught in a pricing trap. And I'm sure a lot of agents are, right? So by the way, I've, I've been full-time since 2019. So I'm like the rookie, so to speak, out of you guys. You guys are more veterans. You guys are buying houses way longer than me, right? Um, I'm just a sales guy at heart. Right. And so something I really care about is just kind of to my core is client's equity. Right. Like if something was worth what it was worth three months ago, I refuse to believe the market fell apart. Market just, it didn't, it didn't crash. It's not going to crash. At least not right now. It depends what happens with debt ceiling bullshit. Right. But so it's really hard to price when you're talking about unique properties versus competition. And I feel like what most lazy realtors do is dramatically underpriced still. And I feel like underpricing in this market can be slippery, right? So it's dangerous. It is very dangerous. And, yep. and so I've like refused recently, probably the last four or five months in this flexing market to underprice property because literally two weeks ago, I had some of the busiest open houses I had. And then this past Saturday, it was kind of slow again. One quick rate slide that we had a couple of weeks ago brought the people out. It was also right after New Year, New Year's resolutions, whatever, right? Yeah. I just thought it was, it's very, it's very tough to try and get the client the most money, right? And I work with a lot of developers too. And so sometimes they're more patient than the average homeowner and the property's vacant. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit less um, intrusive, right? But it's really hard to price trying to maximize value uh, in a shifting market. Because I, I agree with you. I also talked to um, a realtor who's been an agent for 40 plus years. And uh, we were talking about the shifting market like six months ago. She looked me stone in the eye, gave me some great advice. She's like, you know, you can talk about all this marketing and all this other stuff you do. You want to know why homes don't sell? It's price. It's always price. It's always price. Right? So It's like going to the gym and you just keep eating the same amount of food and you're not yeah. losing any weight. Is that you what's wrong? I mean? Is that what's <laughs> wrong with me? You, know? <laughs> you, you were going to make that joke, weren't you? Uh, my mind's blown that that's how it's that a, works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. It, it, it's honestly the truth, though. Like, no matter how much marketing and advertising you put behind a listing, if the price is off, it's just not going to attract any buyer because the product that you're trying to market is just not. It's not priced right. It's just not priced right. Yeah. So, but I think so, it's also fair to say, if it's priced right, if you've got two agents, same exact home, and one, and they both come up at the same number, if one of them knows how to appropriately market. You're bringing more people through the door. Definitely. You're, right? Like, so there's, so we can talk about it being, it's not, I agree. It's, I hear her. It's always, it's price. But if it was only ever price, then everyone would just sell their own homes. Right? Oh, listen. Like, sure. Sure. Yeah. Right. But that assumes they know how to price. <laughs> sure. 
Sure. Right, yeah, like your fair. expertise Which is most in the pricing. Fizzbo. That's most why you brought him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, he's he's pretty good. We should, we should get ready. <laughs> wrong one, wrong one. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll he's figure it out. Colorblind. We got to label them. Uh, yeah, I do. So, and it's interesting. I can't I can't even tell you how many times in the last two to three years that I've had something sitting on the market. You know, Wilshire is actually a great example. If you remember that property, I do. Right. Um, those were priced high. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, right? We were trying to push the market um, for based off square footage. I also learned a couple different things. Like sometimes when you just have a big ass condo, it doesn't mean it's worth big ass square footage uh, right. or dollars per square foot, right? Sure. Because the pricing brackets change depending on square footage. Yeah, so you you know? can't, usually appraisers will over or they'll take comps that are twenty percent below and twenty percent above uh, the price per square foot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, so it was like, that was a good example that, you know, we had, we had a number that we could get and we ended up, you know, reducing and, and after we adjusted the price, we got what we wanted. And mm-hmm. at the same time though, there's been properties that we've sat on the market for 40, 50, 60 days. One that I have even right now goes pending multiple offers over, over asking. But what, don't you think that that's, and I should say, and not, but that's a combination of really strong marketing for sure, yeah. Broker tours, relationships, yeah. all the things. Interest right? rates. But I just think. Interest rates what, being the top to bring yeah. all those people I know you're back trying through. to like prop me up. Like we did a really good job. We did do one. a really good but, job. I'm but, just saying. But, <laughs> oh, wait. Were you no. involved? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, may not have been involved in that. So, it, was, it, was, it was a combo. I, I Listen, I agree with you. Yeah. But I think there's this. Um, I can't. Uh, how many agents list something that maybe was a little high in price or pushing the market? And then they just cut it in 21 days, sure. 14 days. Mm-hmm. It's, it's lazy. Yeah. It's lazy. Right. And, and what are those agents doing during those 14 days? I think Kristen's point was if you're not marketing, making the nothing. phone calls, calling calling your agent community saying, what buyers do you have for this? I watched Selling Sunset and I thought that all I had to do was take Adderall <laughs> for three months and that I could be a realtor too. However. Don't give away our secrets. Right. However. I would be a very dangerous I, man Adderall. After talking to you guys and working with realtors, have learned that it is not party planning and showing up for the TV cameras and having everybody show up. Like there is a lot of expertise and a lot of skill that goes into pricing, that goes into marketing. Your relationships can't be quantified, right? Like the fact that the three of you all talk to each other all the time, potentially know that, oh, I remember Kristen had a buyer that was looking for this. Or like you you have mm-hmm. these networks yeah. that sell houses. It's not the open house. And uh, I mean, this is just my assumption as a non-realtor, mm-hmm. but like, it's not like you throw up an open house sign and like, oh, wow, the buyer just showed up, right? Like it's hard work that you guys no, put I, in. I think there's a lot that goes into the network that you build. And so when you do produce a product and you put it out on online and, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, like we all now see it. And that is huge exposure right mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. that sells houses sometimes we've it's, seen it. 100%. it's trust we've, it, right. no no question like you trust i'm pricing right you yes. trust i have a good product and yes. so you're more apt to bring me a client that's 100 percent right. true you know right. yes. that's but how this works like if somebody's looking in stoneham and they have a buyer and they don't know a lot about stoneham they're calling you right correct like, and you call seth when you see winthrop and i 100%. bet like a middleton like you're probably the you're probably the girl maybe i don't know oh, okay <laughs> working <laughs> on it yeah <laughs> uh, working on it i'm just I'm so hung up on what's what's really the right balance of cutting price or price correcting or stop trying to push the market, even when you are checking versus the competition, pricing the day of versus like being lazy, right? Because ultimately, I, I can't tell you how many, it's, it's literally probably happened over a dozen times that 
47 days on market, we have three offers and on the same day, it's like, you mm. can't make this shit up. Right. right. And, and obviously as a buyer's agent, you're like, mm, yeah, kick rocks, pal. I don't believe you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a mix of both. And it's really, uh, in my opinion, neighborhood and market dependent. What it boils down to is having an agent that knows how to price in a shifting or changing market because you can't necessarily underprice or overprice. You need to know what is happening in that specific market in order to get the seller the most amount of money. Yeah. And um, what if you have the buyer? If you have the buyer, it comes down to reverse analyzing what a listing agent does, right? And then trying to figure out if the listing agent's pricing is actually accurate and then taking that data and that's how I usually build my offers for buyers. What if the listing photos are from there? flip phone <laughs> like does that tell you you're gonna, gonna just f- walk circles around there uh i know it's gonna be a fun deal yeah. if that's the case <laughs> we, we we seek those out but no it's it's you know it's it's <laughs> you do sometimes sometimes, sometimes. sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, honestly all the time i mean like that's I, I literally just sent a whole bunch of deals in somerville and in cambridge that you know somebody took pictures on a, a nokia flip phone or something like that for a 1.2 million dollar listing and uh the reality is that is probably going to be a place that sits on the market. And then the price per square foot reflects the photos, right? Yeah. Like it's usually overpriced. You know what I mean? And then I put it, I literally put it on my calendar sometimes. To To go look back at it. Yeah. Oh yeah. uh, Or when it's going to expire. Like, like I I will literally track it because I know this is not going to go anywhere. Have you ever looked at a property and said, only just steps. looked at it and yeah, only steps. and just said, Oh yeah, I'm sending this one over. Let's go. Yeah, You're yeah. like praying your client loves it. You're like, this is going to be a fish in a barrel. A good yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's tough, but it's, it's good that we could sit around and talk about it because it, it really puts a perspective on the market for the people that are listening, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And what to do and what not to do. The bottom line is there, uh, just like in any field, there are some really strong agents. They're smart and understand markets and understand how to research and know their stuff. And then there are people that toss iPhone, iPhone photos up. 100%. And I think it's really important. I'm committed to the consumer, whether it be, you don't have to use me, don't use me, but you better call Mike or Seth. Like don't, you know, don't use, you got to find a professional. And uh, I'm committed to making sure that the, that the consumer knows that we exist. Yeah, 100%. And then we have their back. So other than a very good and long pricing conversation, how else do you see the market kind of shifting the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, again, like I think it's still specific to the yeah. market, right? But in sure like, you're in not general, a lawyer? Because that yeah. sounded like it depends. It <laughs> <laughs> was a very lawyer answer. I just, I, I, well, <laughs> I think we've still, we just got something accepted at ask. But then we also lost because people went over and we weren't even in the game. You know, I would say like, again, a really clean property north of Boston in the suburbs uh, is going. It's going. It's going. Define clean. Like what what does clean mean? Like modern, taken care of. Even if let's say your heating system is uh, 10 10 years old, not brand new, but it's been serviced every single year and it looks beautiful and it's taken care of. It's going. Yeah, I, I find the stuff with like the right floor plan. It's something that doesn't need a substantial renovation. It maybe has a good kitchen, but has one bad bath. I find that those are still even going One hundred yeah. percent. As yeah. long as it's what I usually call move in ready. Yeah, it doesn't I agree. matter. That's probably better. Yeah, if it's if it's right out of nineteen seventy five or right out of nineteen eighty five, as long as it's move in ready, you know, it doesn't have crazy shag, dirty carpets and all that yeah. stuff and lint and dust all over the curtains. If it's move in ready, 
depending, even if it's not renovated, it's still going to be a decently hot yeah. property. Or so priced yeah, very price well. well. Which, by the way, this yeah. brings brings top of mind. I have a beautiful single family coming in Linfield. If either of you guys <laughs> we'll have, talk. I, well, do, I drove I have, by it over the buyers. weekend. I would call it. I would call it move in ready. I drove by it. I actually took some photos. I'll yeah. share them with you. Oh, are you do. looking for an over ask offer? <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's going to be. Home? It's going to be priced right. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. Probably ninety nine. Waved maybe everything. It's not. I represent. I'm the designated seller's agent on this one. So. Um, right. So tell us a little bit about your team structure. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing the team thing versus mm-hmm. solo agent world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a, um, I have like an interesting setup where my buyer agent is my sister-in-law and my administrative assistant is someone that I've known since I was uh, 10, like 10 years old and a real, a very good friend. And so, um, every single training I went on in teams was like, do not hire family or friends. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'll say I have a very large family and though I love you all and you're likely not listening, they wouldn't all be on my team. (laughs) Are you you saying your family is not listeners of the word? (laughs) They might be. Um, I'm going to send it out to my, I'm going to send it out to my sphere. So yeah. (laughs) So anyways, we, um, Erica was the one who had, uh, told me to get, we got our license together and she stayed for a little while and at legals while I moved full time into real estate. And, but what she did for me for a year was like, like go on, I would pay her for a showing or I'd pay her for a, a smoke or to whatever. Like I would just, that was kind of, you know, she was like very, very part time. And then when COVID happened, she was like, bars closed. And she was like, let's go. COVID hit, we started full time. And at the same time, I, I was the crazy person that said, I know the, we're not sure where the market's going to go with COVID, but I'm just going to hire an admin because I'm drowning. Smart. I have, so we have, I have a children social and we need to get worker to it. and a bartender. Yep. And we all, well, our Meredith and I coached cheerleading for 17 years. Stop together. it right now. I mean, this yeah. is, couldn't and we won be many more national amazing. Titles. <laughs> a bartender, a social worker, both cheerleading coaches. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. you can deal with any asshole. Anything. 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 And, it, and, and Anything. you know, I should, think. Should be the, a reality TV show. It really should be. We've, we, oh my gosh. Today, Selling, Erica don't was tell, like. Don't even tell me. Erica today was like, <laughs> she's so funny. She's like, you know, I would be a hit show. People should follow me around. I was like, you know what, dude? We would be. Head show, like let's go. So, I think there's something there. there I is. think so too. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, but that's I it. think bartending's an underrated oh. skill, especially from like a sales perspective. If you Agents get a good bartender 100%. or good like waiter or server that is like an upseller, like your bill can double like that. Yeah. Like it it, it is an there's, often underrated she skill. She was the set. number one bartender yeah, for the Yeah, so there's that's so pretty many, kick ass. Yeah. Uh really tough to teach sales skills around body language that I think you mm-hmm. learn in that industry that mm-hmm. are so translatable, whether it be to negotiating or hosting open houses. And sure. I think that it definitely translates. The a lot. hospitality, statistically, the hospitality industry, those people make the best agents. For sure. They do 100%. Well, it's a hospitality business, it right? Is, like at the end of the day. They do. They make the best agents. So they work their butts off, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so we, we, uh, they all did the KPA, you know, you know what that is, the personality assessment. They nailed their job fit. Uh, they were both interviewed by everyone in my office. Cause I was like, I'm not gonna just hire Smart. you. Right. Smart. I want to make sure that I'm doing the right by you and by me. And I am like a very firm believer in culture, why motivation incorporating that in the team. You know, we're now looking for a marketing specialist. And so. I like that. I like motivation. Yeah. So I, do you know that sign? That says the 10 skills Bye. that require no talent. Oh, yeah. My staff complained about that. 
I had we had to take ridiculous. it. We had to take it down because it wasn't motivating. That's unacceptable. And it, and and that some of the people thought that they should we required skill. Should we be talking about this? I don't know. They probably don't listen. We listen. We have like we have like a standards. Like where do you ever read the book, The No Asshole Rule? No, but no, I probably but should. I feel okay, like yeah. So <laughs> I feel like I, I need feel like it. I, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. who's this so written by? You, it's um, I think they went. I think it was Yale or Harvard. I don't know. It was a Ivy League uh, history department that didn't that wanted to ensure they had someone leaving and they had a great vibe and they were like, okay, who do we want? They had a million applications. They were amazing. Everyone was qualified. Our resumes, whatever. And they were like, what's our criteria? And they go, can't be an asshole. So how do we define? Who's not an asshole? Yeah, and yeah. so, like, we, we've adopted that. Like, our next hire, we're going to be picky about it. We have such a good culture. Everyone, like, picks up where someone else left off. We take care of each other. We work hard together. You, you need to be part of the brand and the vibe. Like, you have to fit in. Because if you don't, you're not going to – it's just a culture. It's just a culture killer. And if you have a culture killer, your people aren't working. No yeah. question. So the, the sign he's referencing, it hangs behind my desk. And uh, it says there's 10 things that require zero talent. Being on time, making yeah. an effort, being high energy, having a positive attitude, being passionate, using good body language, being coachable, doing a little extra, being prepared, and having a strong work ethic. Give me your sign. I'm putting it up in my office. <laughs> so I had it <laughs> on great. a white, we have a whiteboard like this in a hallway in our office. And I had, I, I wrote it myself. I was... Oh, that might be a little bit Contextually. Passive-aggressive. Context matters, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Context matters. Right? I thought it was great and so motivational. You need to go to Home Goods and get another one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now we have a, a Just vision take mine off board. The wall. No, no. Now we turned it into, like, what's your why? So everybody can write their why. And we have um, some other, what do, what do we do or what's our mission or something like that? Do you like find that? that you can say anything to anyone once they really trust you? I I, I would, believe that. I don't know if they I, believe that. I would, say so, that. I would say that about Brennan. Right. Yeah. So so I, I, I mean, just like in general, like not you. I mean, in general, if I believe that if you have someone's, if you are, you know their why, you bring it into the business, you stay on top of it and you hold it accountable. When you go to them and you need to hold them accountable to something, they hear it. They're like, yeah, man, you have my back all the time. If you think that I need to up my game in this area, I'm going to do it. I think if you do the vision board first and the whys, then you bring that sign in, nobody cares. I agree. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a, you know, not that this is your... Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you just want some feedback. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not that this is your, your coaching session, but... I haven't had a coaching think, session I, I think, from you in a while. I think it's... I, I feel like I'm overdue. Yeah. I think that... I, think, <laughs> I call him my coach. The, I'm um, not 500 an hour. Uh, <laughs> oh, you are like a lawyer. <laughs> I almost went into law. <laughs> you should. You, you'd be real good. <laughs> this is it the depends. Five hundred an hour. Like you're already a lawyer. I, I'm hiring. Uh, I'm hiring. Yeah. Do you want me? Yeah. Um, let's do it. You feel like you'd be a good culture fit. I would be. <laughs> this is the most comical podcast we've had thus far. So hopefully our listeners enjoy yeah. the comedy. I hope um, so. <clears throat> I do think that's. Uh, just to continue to rip on Brendan a little bit, this is this is a good <laughs> lesson. On, this is a good lesson on context, right? Like, yeah. if if you write that, I think it is. It's passive aggressive. Someone's like, is someone attacking me? It's very reflective. Like, and everybody like when you say things in a public meeting about being on time, everyone's like, was I late? Yeah, was, was it, it me? me? Are they yeah. talking to me? Oh my right. god, am I being made of right? Versus if you hang a branded store bought sign about like that's like 
what you believe. Yeah, these and, are the standards. And people, oh, oh, it's, this is standards, right? So it's very interesting. And <clears throat> like if I wrote it on this board and someone was always late, they would be maybe feel attacked a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you miss the serial killer handwriting too. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was in red with blood drops and an X like next yeah. to it. So, so um, we, we changed positions. So my business partner is in this really cool left. program uh, through Harvard Business School um, called Leeds. And they are doing like all this stuff in gateway communities and, you know, he came back one day and he was like, let's, let's take a different spin on this. And yeah. I was like, all right, I, I get what's happening here and I'm all in. Very cool. Mike, what about you? Like what, what, what drew you to be a team leader and like what, you know, what did you do to transition from individual contributor to team leader? Tell us about that journey. It was terrible. Oh, um, it's perfect. so, it's so hard, man, isn't it? Yeah. So what had happened is I came and visited Boston um, I was at the NAR conference there. I decided bring my family out, visit a couple times before I decided to move here. I couldn't do any more in terms of production in Pennsylvania. I was tapped out, couldn't sell anymore. I was not ready. I, I kind of had the move before the team. So I was scrambling to build a team. And at the time I was with Keller Williams. Once somebody, somebody saw me move to Keller Williams, I had a couple people that reached out to me asking if I need help, whatever. And I ended up training somebody, like giving them all my knowledge, everything. And Burned you. Yeah, it kind of just didn't work out. And uh, after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do as much as I can on my own. So we ended up with six agents that just came over that were in our downline at Keller Williams. And we were feeding them, you know, buyer leads. It wasn't a traditional team. Um, once I, that was working out okay. But then what had happened is once I left KW, we went to EXP. I changed it from the traditional team model where you're, you know, you're a team leader and you're splitting 50-50 with all the leads and, and you know, their own businesses split 50-50 to just dishing out leads to the buyer's agents from my listings or from whatever lead gen that we were running at the time. And we grew from six agents to 62 agents in a year. Uh, or not 62, it was like 58 or something in a year. And um, so I don't run it as a traditional team. The only other people that I have beside the agents that are below me are my transaction coordinators. I have two in Pennsylvania and I have one here. Uh, I don't have an office administrator or something like that. I'm working on onboarding a VA for marketing and advertising and stuff like that. But um, all buyer leads get funneled down into the agents. They have their own levels of production. I get a percentage from those buyer leads too. I'm missing out with, you know, roughly because they're in my downline, I'm missing out maybe on like 18% of a 50-50 split. Sure. But I'm not responsible for these people. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, they- Liberating. If, exactly. And mm. every single every single group has their own mentor too. So like for instance, for That every, isn't you. That's not me. Oh, exactly. that's amazing. Yeah. So, so I, I've delegated those tasks to the agents that are below me. They all have mentors. And then those- they, it's not my phone blown up from 62 agents all the time. Yeah. That's kind of the way that I wanted to run mine because I saw it being more profitable on a, on a, you know, time basis, I guess you would say. It's easier to scale. It's exactly. I could scale to a thousand agents and still maintain this. Yeah. And, and be unfaced and less liability. So that's why yeah, I yeah. did what yeah. I did. And, and your highest and best use probably isn't managing 60 agents. It's Correct. probably being in front of sellers and buyers. That's what I like doing yeah. too. Yeah. I like being able to help the agents. Like I have uh, like a private YouTube channel that I send them, you know, videos of uh, prospecting all this stuff. So I inadvertently help them, you know what I mean? As a whole. Yeah. And that's kind of just the way that for now, that's the way that I do it. And it's been working out. Talk to me a little bit more about YouTube. YouTube is probably made up of half of my business, to be honest with you. Wow. Um, you so don't. So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like, there's a handful of agents that 
do really, really well at YouTube, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, it's it's either working or it's not. It's and it's it usually like goes comes, to light yeah, switch eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So for me, um, I didn't. I had a YouTube channel, but what I was doing was using it for my buyer and seller listings uh, and, and buyers only. And I was recording videos and sending them unlisted videos of like, here's the market, here's how to write an offer, here's this, here's that. And then one of my clients said, you know, you should just make these public. So that's kind of what I've been doing over the last like year and a half. But uh, it's accounted for about half of my business. And you don't need, if any agents are listening, you don't need to have a thousand or 5,000 subscribers. No. You need a couple hundred that trust no one like you and you'll get all those referrals from yeah. those from those people. So, right, but don't you think that's all social media? Like you don't need that? to have a huge following for it to be like these, like I see people, they're like, oh my God, oh, I only yeah. have 1500 followers. Why don't I have 20,000? And yeah. it's like, actually, if you just nurture them well, like yep. we, we yep. have a huge presence on Instagram and by huge, I don't mean followers, but like we get really good leads yeah. from there. Yeah, it's, um, you need to be everywhere. You yeah, know, totally. I, I mean, in that capacity, when, when it, it comes to your face, you really need to be everywhere so people could find you. And the reality is it's very easy to follow up with your clients without following up with your clients on social media. So I know some high-level agents that literally just, this is a golden nugget, by the way. Uh, Ooh. Ding, ding, hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Here we go. You ready? Nailed it. I know a lot of, and I'm not going to say who they are, but I know a lot of top producing agents that will funnel their leads on Facebook, find their leads and add them into, you could add to groups on Facebook. And what you can do is look at people on a per group basis and then only see their feed activity and then like, comment and share whatever they're doing. And instead of like seeing your whole news feed, now you're just seeing your clients news feeds. Right. And that's really how they engage with a lot of different people. Oh, and get, I don't even know how to do that. That's yeah, fabulous. You know, it's, and it's, we're going to find out. Yeah. 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 No, Did you actually show a specific clients only list. You can upload an audience, right? Like well, you can from thing. your database, put yeah. in your audience. That's what we do. Yeah. So we do that too. And then we do a lot of remarketing. So mm -hmm. we have people that come into our website from like literally, I think the, the record I have is like 410 days since they browse they saw the remarketing on Facebook and then they start getting engaged again with the yep. content. Yep. Everything works. It's just like you got to dial it in. And but I but I agree you have to do everything. You do have to do every like you, know, you don't have to do every lead source. Correct. But you need to have every piece of the puzzle to yeah. be able to either convert that lead or Correct. There's or, and, and some people like different methods of contact. Like some people don't like phone calls, they don't like text messages or they don't like emails. They all want different right. levels of communication and being able to identify that is important. Yeah. To the social media following or the YouTube channel following analogy, like how long would it take you to go talk to 400 people in a room and give them that seven minute spiel on how to write an offer? Right. Right. And you yeah. can do it like that. Correct. I've been snapping a lot today, guys. So, that's a good snap. You, you know, you, we should you put can, that on yeah. like, oh, uh, that's a good, that's a good, yeah. idea, you know, <laughs> especially uh, since it doesn't pick up a snap. I oh, see. Then I see. Yeah. Almost. No. Yeah. Almost. So, uh, oh, she's got that. it. Okay, yeah. We'll record that later. <laughs> oh, I'm so upset. I got um, you. <laughs> you know, there's, it just, you, you can talk to so many more people at length and they can choose on how much they want to consume in that content. And, yeah. And I, the I, leads I, that come in from that are like, they feel like they know, like, and trust you already. 100%. You know what I mean, yeah. it's not like you're calling somebody that's, well, that's looking just to relocate. What, that's it's just like a cold turning hot. It's like a hot coming in. 100%. That's just what video does. It does. General, right? I, I think anybody listening should think of, they don't need any professional setups. If they go look at my setup, I started with just an iPhone. That's yep. all you need. Yep. You don't need anything else. Especially the new ones. Yeah. Walk me through this. You, you, 
do 10 videos at once, 15? Or Some do people, you do... they call that batching. Yeah. I, don't, I don't do that right now, per se, because I'm just busy with the two markets, plus I have two toddlers. So I, I just cram it in, in like one or two. Like, usually scripting takes about an hour or two. Recording only takes me about 20 minutes because I script, I do, I have been scripting my videos. Uh, and then editing, probably another two hours to edit. I could Are you editing yourself or having right now, someone else? Right now I am until I get to the point where I'm happy with my edits and then I would like somebody to like copy what I'm doing and then scale it that way. But uh, I feel like it's the high, highest and best use of my time right now. Yeah. How'd you learn how to edit? Just YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. yeah just watching YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. That's how I learned how to sell real estate. I mean, come on. <laughs> the, uh, if no. only your channel had existed when you started. Uh, I, I know. Jesus. No. It, yeah, just watching. Uh, it's really not that hard. You know Kristen, I mean? do you edit? No. Oh. Meredith is um, a resident editor. Editor, I am like, I, I can go on Facebook. I can share stories. I can do a story. She's like the one. And, yeah. uh, and she she's been great she's like doubled our uh our sphere and we've grown tremendously with her and she'll still be the first person to say like this isn't my background i just know what i'm doing like yeah. our next hire needs to be like copyright Sur- marketing tech like social yeah. and so so like we have a lot a lot more to grow we're going to start a youtube channel this year we're on insta facebook tiktok we do tiktok videos so um, you probably already she, have the content for yep. YouTube. You yeah. just need to be loading it. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. do actually, we, I mean, we do videos on almost all our houses. So like yeah. we have plenty to, to get out there. Why are you um, waiting? Like it's next week. Oh, like okay. it's happening oh, okay. now. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so I, I, I ate up Mike's, I'm eating okay. up Mike's comments. Yeah. So no, no, no. Like, no it's, all right. It's tell okay. me more. Maybe. Tell me more. No, but uh, that, that's it. I mean, me you, too. Yeah. yeah. Right. YouTube's, a, I mean, any, for any business, um, I think that it's it's uh, pretty imperative, especially for like the next three to five years moving forward. I think that the people that are doing it now are going to be the ones that really benefit right. uh, yeah, three to five years from now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the stuff on Facebook is not really searchable, where no. YouTube right. is searchable. Like, yeah. uh, you know, maybe Facebook, Instagram, TikTok will get you now leads, right, if they're watching your content. But what happens with YouTube is I'm still getting leads from a East Boston video that I did seven months ago. Yeah. You know right. what I'm trying to say? Yep. Because they're, they're looking up, you know, something in East Boston. And yeah. sometimes... Yeah, and pops up. Right. And then sometimes what'll happen is if they Google the right keywords, sometimes your videos pop up on Google. If right. that's the case, then forget it. You know what I mean? You've right. Game over. It's game over. Yeah. Right? It's usually yeah. game over. Yeah, we have, we have a YouTube channel. Not a ton of followers. Never heard of it. Is the video of you hopping <laughs> in the God. hot tub yeah, with man. your clothes so, on? That's on the one there? that they bought like a thousand subscribers. I think. It was so, um, I think that's that's the pr- quite frankly the problem with our YouTube channel is it is pretty much right now the Netflix, if you will, the Rolodex of all these listings uh, that we've done. Um, there's not a lot of buyer content on there. Part of that is what I tell myself is quite frankly I'd rather attract. The sellers, quite frankly, I don't think the sellers are searching on YouTube. The buyers are just based mm-hmm. on the age demo, et cetera. So that's the right. That's once, correct. Once you start creating the buyer central content, I would imagine it would start to come. But that being said, the, ch- the channel does look aesthetically pleasing. It's robust. It has the right content. You can tell there's some proof of concept. So I think if we started batching that in there, then that would be pretty wise at this point. If you, and I bet you do get a lot of trade ups. Yeah. Right. They're yeah. looking on the buy side, but yeah. they're, they got to sell. I, I just had one in, they bought a $3.2 million single family home in Winchester and they have a $1.5 million listing that I have coming on in Arlington. Yeah. yeah. You know, so and that's I mean, likely from your Arlington suburbs video, yeah, exactly. you know, whatever. It, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. But, but if I could give you some advice it, when you're 
when you have listings and you're doing video tours, you should separate that from your, you should make a separate channel for that. Yeah. And you do. should, okay, you have a separate channel. Then well, your other, you, you should have two is. channels. You should have one yeah, for, for tours and then you should have one for content for buyers and sellers to consume. Yeah. And uh, what's the, the, what's the sweet spot in content length for those uh, videos? I feel like it's longer form, right? It's yeah, they're longer form. So anything over five minutes, under 10 minutes, around seven minutes is really good. And it gets, it's going to depend on your, it's very audience dependent yeah. too. Because you know they I mean? have shorts now too. Yeah. The shorts is obviously just short form content. Um, but Which re- Gen Z is probably going to yeah. be. Yeah. 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 Um, captions on or off. Captions. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have somebody that edits that. Like I use Fiverr and yeah. did yeah, it yeah. for one-offs and mm-hmm. stuff uh, to, to do a lot of that editing for me because I'm not good at every single type of editing and I don't have the time to do the short editing. But um, separate channels for specific niches is pretty good so if you just have a ton of listings and uh, video tour listings make them the address the property address and it'll syndicate with google too. sure yeah and that's what happens yeah it's a good call yeah i can help you with that actually yeah maybe great nice. Appreciate <laughs> let's that. do a mastermind aka mike teaches no it's funny the like there's, I'm not the, I, honestly, there's so I, many there's so many agents they, they're literally producing hundreds of millions of dollars in you know, volume and it's strictly from YouTube and it's, and, yeah. it, and it's the neighborhood tours. It's funny you, you say it. And I talk to a lot of my clients about it. Like everyone, when I asked them, I said, what's the number one search engine? Everyone says Google. What number two? And there's pause. Yeah. It's, Bing. it's YouTube. It, no, it's YouTube. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's ask Jeeves. Yahoo. You know, so it's a necessity at this yeah, point. If you, if you want to thrive, uh, unless you want to get on the, the phone, for eight hours a day and just yeah. cold call every single neighborhood and risk, you know, some kind of fines. Like there's really, <laughs> yeah. you know, from no, some, right. from some lunatic, you know, the reality is it's, it's really hard to be, build a business unless you have a healthy budget that you could afford buyer leads incoming. Yeah. You know? Yeah. True. Good call. Have you used um, chat GPT at all? I yeah. use it every day. Yeah. Every single day. Have you used it yet? I don't even know. Oh my God. We're going to, what about <laughs> well, you? I don't even know what the fuck it is. I'm like, right, what's so happening? I'm tell you real quick, <laughs> Where right? is this going? So, real real <laughs> quick. Is it like uh, Bitcoin? <laughs> no. Oh. No. So, um, okay. So previously, are you familiar with Jarvis? Yep. I use that too. Okay. So we, I just canceled Jarvis because, so there's all these artificial intelligence platforms out okay. there to help you, right? So mm-hmm. uh, remember I, I was talking to you about the property description? Yeah. There you go. Right. So. Um, it's literally the bane of my existence to write these because I, you know, I'm, uh, have a bad attention span. Like, like Brendan mentioned, I should have be on Adderall or something. <laughs> so, um, I usually would just like write two to three words of like the key phrases that I think. And then I would literally ping our, one of our better agents be like, dude, can you rewrite this? You know, grammar freak, really well-written, eloquent, etc. So then along came Jasper, uh, AI, which is a website, uh, Jasper, J-A-S-P-E-R dot A-I. But you already replaced Jasper, so I we, did, we don't well, give a fuck about Jasper. No, well, I think... It used to be called Jarvis back in the day. I, I, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and it was honestly kind of clunky to use. It but was. Regardless, you could just spit out these keywords and it would write, a, you know, hey, I need this thousand character bio on the property, right? So we were doing that for a while. And then chat GPT came out and like it caught wildfire. And mm-hmm. I, I learned about it on TikTok, quite frankly. So I researched it. And it is just essentially a art, art, yeah, artificial intelligence bot that learns from you, but also continuously is essentially learning. And you can ask it to write things. You can ask it, hey, write me a thousand character property description for a waterfront condominium 
that is completely renovated that has forced hot air, central AC, and gorgeous countertops and stunning views of the harbor. Right, and it was—it's just gonna be like, okay, no problem, and spits out this. Yeah, it's, oh, it's I, unbelievable. I, ca- I called him and I said, "Do you want me to write this? I'm pretty good at it." And he was like, "Just give me a minute," and then he sent me a whole description. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, like, "Wow, that's amazing!" Like, oh, yeah. uh, no wonder, no wonder people are hiring so, you. <laughs> but no, it's it's very interesting. Like, you can ask it like, write me a three thousand word blog on uh, real estate in East Boston and use my firm's name, reference real estate. Boom, and it'll spit it out. Now, I doubt how much. Just like if you copy and paste stuff from like Keeping Current Matters or something mm-hmm. like that to your mm-hmm. own website, that doesn't necessarily help your search engine optimization. No, no, it won't. But I, and I, so I wonder how much of this you someone There's specific uh, use cases for it yes. for sure. Someone told me you have to take it and now be like now re, rewrite that same that's paragraph. Yeah, as a, as a as a person yeah, thinking from this point of view, and then it's a little bit more or less. AI I mean, you could rated. do that like ten times over. I you know, know what I mean? It's it's, it's really cool. I use it for for helping script videos. I use it for property that's descriptions. Smart. I use it for emails sometimes yeah. like i just put an email um for a listing in where the hell was it sudbury and i wanted like to you know not make it look like it clean came up. from a college professor or something like that but clean it up you know what i mean sure yeah. and uh you know they just make it look professional and then i save that as a template on gmail but so yeah. can i ask a dumb question yeah yeah go ahead how do you get the chat GPT? Just Google it. Just Google it. You just Google it. <laughs> yeah, and it, so it's, like, I think it's the company's do, open AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I pay um, for it? No, Because you know I love to pay for software. It's, it's actually currently free. I think the, wow. the reason the reason why you probably still need another piece of software, and listen, this is clearly taking off right now, and I'm sure it will be monetized in the immediate future. I went to go use it yesterday for something. It's busy. Yeah, you can't use it. So they, they actually... Um, changed a lot of different things with it as well. It's not quite as smart because it was giving people basically like how to break into a bank. You know what I mean? Like oh, people, yeah, and like giving like precise, <laughs> like data-driven, this is what you should do, this is what you should do. This and that's is what such a bad plan. Like it, they it, always yeah, catch you. Uh, yeah, like if you're going to do it, you want like one cent on every visa <laughs> transaction <laughs> in America. Like yeah, I want that AI. Me, me too. Wasn't but, that uh, a movie? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it could have been. Or a Netflix show. I don't know. But Be way better than robbing a bank. That's like child's play. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, at least we have our attorney here. So. I honest, honestly, what I what I want to see happen is is like how nice would it be to actually just have a like a not real but real virtual assistant that is kind of like having a second brain, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that could reference information that you've either asked, typed, whatever, and get it on the spot. Like that's yeah. really what I think the future of AI is going to be. And as a matter of fact, Elon Musk that, you know, people were saying that, oh, he's lost $183 billion. But the reality is all of that money went into funding AI like that. You could see how much he funded uh, for that. Cause they got, I think they got billions of dollars from me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And you Microsoft, I, mean? I think just gave Because the reality billions. is like, if you don't do those things, like how do you go a step further? Like how do you take everything a step further? Yeah. You know what I mean? So the, the reason I brought that up by the way, is not to make, make you feel silly that you didn't know what it was, but th- there's a lot of talk that something like this, that is infinitely more um, naturally searchable would replace Google. Okay, you Google. Can it replace Siri? Because I hate her. <laughs> if you want to Google, Alexa, like, get her out. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, tell me, tell me about the top five restaurants in East Boston, for instance. And you ask Google, you're going to get a mix of paid advertising, organic, right. optimi- optimized stuff. You're never actually going to learn anything. Whereas if you ask that question to ChatGPT, I believe the data is from 2019, so it's probably a little behind. That's probably by yeah. design. Yeah. And you actually might get like a real answer. And it's just like a well-written, like, if I ask Kristen, hey, what are your top five restaurants? I'm not going to get five links that I have to click in. Oh, no, that's then not Then why it. do I need you? <laughs> 
My po- my point being, it, it's going to be a little bit more of a friendly Can it price? conversation. No, it's, it's, it, it can't go. It Hopefully can't, not. It can't go. No, if that's the Chat case, GBT, we're in how much should I list my house for? <laughs> I you know I bet you you want me to go do it right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. please I, do. I I, that, I, the, <laughs> I I I think because we started this endeavor with the, the expertise <laughs> of a realtor in pricing. I, so I don't think that it's going to be able to give you rele- pro- relevant information that's like. I don't think it'll be able to answer that question. It's gonna Hopefully. Gonna I think I want you guys to have a job. I was going to say, ask Mike, Mike Urban. I'm going to have to get my... I'm, I mean, if I'm you I'm going to come get, work for you. <laughs> well, I, I'm ready to hire you. Um, if it says, ask Mike Urban, I will be very impressed. I, I would imagine that it... You got to go to urbangpt.com. <laughs> I bet you it tells me... Um, Based off the average sales price, you know, uh, in this uh, area or whatever, it's like it's really going to depend on your square footage or something like that. I would imagine that's um, something along it's the lines of what there. it is. It's not there. I mean, you know. Yeah, it won't, it won't most be that far. Most but for writing property descriptions, emails, blogs, videos, I mean, to get some right. level of substance before you, because sometimes you just sit there, you want to write something and you don't even know what to, the hell to start doing. And then if you read somebody else's on the same topic, it, it gives you inspiration. But now it's like, this is writing it for me. And then on top of that, you add your own spice to it. And it's pretty crazy. I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to load chat. GPT yeah, it to seems great. I can't wait to use it. Um, <laughs> well, 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 the AI works itself out. What, you know, the website's loading. Everybody give us a minute. What, what's one of the biggest struggles that you each are facing as like a full-time agent parent? It sounds like you both have kids. You have a lot going on. You're both managing teams. Like what's the, the biggest sort of, nightmare on a daily basis for you your lever you have to leverage your time like that's i mean we've all talked about it at an extent in different ways as a mother of four you know they're very needy very needy yeah (laughs) so easy and he and my husband's got a a job that requires him to be kind of on we're on we're all in jobs that requires to be on all the time and so it's it's navigating time it's been a pain point since i've had children solvable it's been consistently solvable every time. You're a good like, salesperson, right? Yeah. That's it. Can you sell the kids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Free up the time. Um, I mean, pain point. We're, listen, we're looking for solutions. In, those are investments, my friends. Uh, okay. I, four investments. Yeah, there you go. Well, some investments we hold and some we sell. <laughs> <laughs> Just wasn't sure. I, mean, I love it. How much do we like our time? <laughs> oh, that's Mike, funny. same question. Like pain point for you as this busy guy with a content creation Team management, kids, all of, all of the things. Turning off, I would say, is the hardest thing to do. The reality is, from what I've seen, is things will come to help aid us in the business, transaction coordinators, admins, virtual assistants, CRMs, different software, chat GPT. But the reality is, once you boil that all down, you are replacing time for one thing, but then you end up getting more clients. So it's like, no matter what you do, you always end up not having enough time. So- it's just the reality of it. The more time efficient you try to make your business, the more business you end up getting. So it's really, really tough to scale, right? So for me, it's turning off and knowing when to turn off. Like, do you take that call at 7.30 at night, like right after or right before you're trying to get the kids in bed? You know what I mean? Like, do you take that call or don't you? Um, What do you do? I've gotten a lot better at it. I have like mentally told myself the world isn't going to fall apart if I don't answer in this hour. Right. I've, I've like dedicated that to, if I have to negotiate, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. Like that's, yeah. I can call you back at 8.30 when my kids go down and we can schedule an appointment. 
You can email me. If they want me, this they're still going to come around. And if they don't want me, which is which has never happened, like I missed a call during sure. that time, so I lost it. If they don't, then I don't want to work with them. They're not right. my people. And I'm just going to spend my time finding more, you it, know? A hundred percent. But it, it, the reality is it depends on where your source of business is coming sure. from. So if, if a lot of people already know, like, and trust you, then they'll trust that you need time and that you have, they have to wait for you. Right. But for the agent that doesn't have that and they're not getting a lot of business from their sphere, they're just starting out in the market. Like they have to take those calls. Oh, well, and that's yeah. why I'm saying this so has been me. a progression. Like right. in so, the beginning, I was like 730. I'm sorry. I got to walk away from the twins right now. So, you so, know? so even me, like if I get an inbound call at seven, seven thirty at night, like I literally just turn to my wife and say, it's an inbound call. Can I take it or not? And she, yeah, sure. <laughs> she's the one that determines if I can or can't. But I still take inbound calls. But like negotiating stuff like that, of course, you know, we're trying to do best by our clients. But you try to turn it off as best as possible. You yeah. Know, it's really hard. It just, yeah. It's really hard. Do you think yeah. mindset helps? It does. And prepping, like I read a lot of and listen to a lot of things on stoicism and all, and, and all these different things. And I'm big on productivity and using all these different tools to manage my business. And the reality is no matter, like I said, no matter how much you read, learn, listen to tools you use, it ends up being filled up by something or someone. Like it, it's just a revolving door of, mm -hmm. of just business coming in. You're either getting business or you're busy with this or busy with that. It's hard. It's really hard. And don't you, but don't you also feel like, like you're made for it? Yeah. It, like it, you have to be. Yeah. You, do, you right? definitely, I think any business owner to some capacity has to be a made, sick, sick human. A sick, yes. sick human. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I watched my dad growing up. Like, yeah, I mean, he was around and stuff like that, but I remember him getting done. He was an electrician. I remember him getting done with work and I would be looking at him in the garage from our second floor. We, we had a, a two family and I would be watching him fix stuff in the van, organize his van, get it all straightened up. Like it looked like he was operating like at a high level. You know what I mean? Because you don't see other contractors, they don't all sh shit stuffed in the window, like paperwork. Yeah. Like, sure. So I mean, <laughs> like, still see that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like the reality is it doesn't, you don't have to be that obsessed with it, but, but you kind of want to be because your family is riding on, like yes. I, my wife doesn't work right now and I have yeah. two kids. Right. And I'm in a market where the prices are literally triple the other market that I was in. So my income from Pennsylvania just couldn't support me living here. Even though I had a great income in Pennsylvania, doesn't sure. mean I have great income right. here. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was hard. I'm a little bit better now because I have some people helping me, but it's still really hard. It we, really is. We talked a lot about like, um, uh, Sam and I, my husband, we talked a lot about like quality of time versus yeah. quantity. You know, I, I explained to my husband, like you to be like a good parent, a good dad, a good mom, we don't have to be with them from three o'clock when they get out or five, depending on which child we're talking about to when they go to bed at eight, we need to be extremely present when we're with them. Do we need to be like driving in the car to pick in the car line to pick up our kids for that hour? No, it's a total waste of my time. I can have, I can leverage someone going to pick them up, but mm -hmm. when they come through the door, they're going to have one-on-one -on -one time with mommy, Yeah, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And that, and so, so my mindset has changed about how I spend my time. And then I just tell myself, you got to let that hour go. Whatever, whatever you missed, you missed. There's another hour where you're going to get something. What about the weekends? What do you do on the weekends? I do one open house. Erica does the other. Meredith does both. Mm -hmm. So it gives me a Saturday or a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And if something requires all three of us, like Sam gets it. My intention as we grow is to bring more agents on that want to use. We have a really good conversion rate on open houses. Mm -hmm. yeah, we and so it's a, it's a um, kind of a privilege, right? You mm -hmm. get to go to an open house as a new agent and get leads, right? right? And we train them on how to convert. And so my intention as 
we move forward is to not do that. I don't think it's necessary. Mm -hmm. um, I've already told clients, you know, you need me for negotiation and 80% of the work is done before we go to market. And then these, and then also we give them a checklist and we tell them like, these are the 150 things we're going to do. And if you're a high D and you need them checked as we move along to see that we did them cool. And if you just want to be told, <laughs> then we'll just tell you we did them. You know, what about buyers? Like on the weekend, Erica, do you take buyers Erica, out? No, I list and Erica. Gotcha, um, okay. But, but also, if she's in a jam, I'm out. Right, like, right, right. you know, it happens. People are available at noon. Right. And so... Um, like I've, your I've, buyers and sellers. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've done a lot more showings during the day. Yeah, me too, actually. That's right? a good call. Um, so that's What kind helpful. of job... So this is interesting, because one of the things that, that we've talked about a lot is sort of urban versus suburban and the need for white collar workers to not be in the office. So if you're doing open or if you're doing showings in the suburbs at noon, something tells me that those are people that work for some sort of company that allows them to work remotely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're instead of taking lunch at their desk, they're going to look at a house, probably trading up. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. Okay. That's accurate. Yep. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I had a question for both of you and I'm so guilty of this. When was the last time you took a vacation? Oh, I vacation. <laughs> oh, you vacation. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Um, do, you, do you really? No. <laughs> okay. I was like, I, was like, no, I feel like no. I'm a teacher. <laughs> you can be excused. <laughs> so but coming back to, so the reason I asked the question is not because I. Like a real vacation? Yeah. Well, you said time and yeah. turning off, right? So yeah. like, are you taking the time to turn off and, and like go and shut down? I always write an offer when I'm away. Yeah, me too. It yeah. seems like every time I go away, there's a listing, there's a tragedy, there's right. a fire, there's something. But I, I mean, here, here's a good thing that I can tell you. Every single June, we take my daughter up to, she loves Hampton Beach. Okay. Awesome. So we take her for a week up to Hampton Beach. I bring my laptop. You know, I, I can never just turn off per se. I'll leave my phone and laptop. Like if we go to the beach and stuff, I'll leave it. You know what I mean? I could do that. But guess what I do when I get back? Check I check it. my phone, yeah, yeah, I check yeah. my email, I check all that stuff. And, you know, the reality is my wife is is very, I guess, cooperative to that, <laughs> is the word. It's just the way I do it for now. I mean, is it yeah. going to be like that in the future? I don't know. You know, Kristen knows this better than anybody. I lived in Florida for a couple, for the better part of, uh, what was that? I don't know, three and a half weeks. We went down to Florida. And, Are you uh, coming home, Sam? <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, we, we, we took this listing together and I vanished off the face <laughs> of the earth. I was so, like, you, you forgot to mention um, you were vacationing for three um, months. Um, well, the, so, the contract was already signed. <laughs> so um, a very similar, I think, first off, Jen, my, my wife, knows that like I'm a sick person and like th a three day vacation to me is like a two week vacation. Right. Yeah, so like yeah. I'm very fidgety and I need to like get back involved. It's just who I am and we're okay with that now. At least yeah. I think we're okay with that now. But it was like paradise to be able to go remote, not physically travel, be present with the family, but also to your point, phone off for a little while, laptop off for a little while, heads down with the family, but then also still be able to get the work done. And and personally, there is nothing better than doing deals remote. Mm -hmm. The Hampton Beach Week where you put a deal right. together. And like, you can go jump in the ocean 20 minutes later. Like this, that, that is when you're like, this is awesome. And what yeah. I'm building is awesome because again, we've talked a lot about content negotiating. These are our skills at best. Right. And how do we position ourselves to only do that mm -hmm. and help maybe have agent uh, conversations and grow the team mm -hmm. and, 
and and quite frankly teach other agents how to do this type of stuff too to build their business like that's what i really really want to do mm-hmm. we've identified i'd say three agents that we really really trust that cover us just who are they real quick and, yeah, no. so, are and, they taking calls from reference <laughs> and when we go on vacation i will if i'm coming up to one and i've got a new client I, we tell all our clients that we're going on vacation and you have to and do they, you vacation with your business partner yeah oh that's crazy yeah she's my sister-in-law yeah yeah we're off that's pretty cool yeah we actually just did one where meredith erica and i went away but it was four days but we we were fine i mean it was an off time it was like this first week in September, right? Um, but I was busy. Yeah, well, good for you. I mean, I was closing, so I didn't have anything started yet. But anyways, we, um, we, uh, yeah, we go away together, and we have a couple people that we can trust, and we tell them, and people are pretty. Um, reasonable. They're like, of course you deserve a vacation. And I was like, listen, if you see Except something, if their stuff if needs you, to be done, yeah. If you see, if you see something you love, they it will happen. Like we will, it, our vacation does not get in the way. We're in real estate, and we know that. Mm-hmm. And they're fine with that yeah. answer, and they're respectful. And then we just make sure, and we introduce them to the person that will be there to show them. Yeah, and no I one cares. We do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, they're I'll, cool. I'll pay a buyer's agent or give them a percentage if I'm away or mm-hmm. whatever. And yeah, right. Just, just do it that way. But yeah. I feel like uh, to what Seth said, it's a blessing, but it's a curse True. in the same hand because it, it's almost like a double-edged sword, right? Like y- you want the ability to be able to work from everywhere, but then when you have the availability to work from everywhere, you're accessible from everywhere too. Right. You know what I mean? It's true. And that's the, the hard part is for me is at least turning off. Yeah. The balance. The balance. balance. Work-life balance is so hard. Right. Like I, I went away last year for a week. You did? Yeah. Did you tell me? Yeah. I don't think so. I probably still bothered you every day. Well, every day I would wake up with my laptop and like (laughs) for two hours I pumped out PNSs and then, you know. Yeah would go and take a lunch break and look at my computer and like my family kind of hated me, but like it, yeah. it's how we were able to go on the vacation. It, it, that's, right? That's, like that's the reality. Like of this it. is yeah. our lives. That's you, the reality. You, you said it. It's what I do for now. Yeah. yeah. For now. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. what's later I, look like? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? No, knows. You got to enjoy it. I mean, if you, if, if, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, it's a very hard business in my yeah. opinion. It could be grueling. Later is passive income. It's coaching agents. Yep. Yeah. It's not working nights and weekends. Yep. That's it. I mean, that's what I see. That's what I want. I, I want to create a bunch of me's. That's exactly with with their yeah. with their style and flair. Right. The, the hardest part for me yeah. that I the, the, so I like we, the flair. With we their have, flair. So know? we have a real estate school in Pennsylvania too, and Mike Urban or me, EXP. It's, no, it's me. It's my business partner's school, but like we're kind of, it, we're directly involved with it. So I go speak there when I'm in, I'm going to be in in February. Um, and a lot of agents come out and, and the funny thing is because we see a lot of people that are like pre-licensed and are getting before they're, before they're actually officially licensed agents. And I'll tell you what, there's been 500 people through the school. I still can't quantify who is going to make a good agent and who mm. isn't. It's like the mo- the least expecting person sometimes Blows ends up mind. being the best yep. agent. Yep. And the one that you expect to be the best agent is the absolute worst agent. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to quantify who is going to be the right fit. I mean, no disc test or, K, you know, KPS, KPA, whatever it is. I can't remember, but it it, it really, you know, work ethic is a big deal. Oh, 100%. Oh. And 100%. I, 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 100%. And, and, you know, uh, 
I feel like our generation, like how old are you, Seth? 38. 38. Okay, I'm 37. You're 37, right? Yeah. You're, turn, you're turning 38 really quickly. Yeah, very so quickly. I feel We're like, all 38 years old I feel now. like our generation, our generation really has pretty good work ethic, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that. And the people older than us, I feel like they have really good work ethic. But some of the younger generation, I feel like has, they need a little bit of like help. Well, you know, you know. I was reading this something, something the last couple of days. It's like our generation, our age, specific, very specifically, grew up with both. Yeah. No computer and the computer. No cell phone and the cell phone. Right. No internet and the internet. Yeah. You know, like True. um, no Netflix and Netflix. Yeah. It's like we we had we had it both ways. We had, mi- we had so, a mix. So so you were playing outside all the time, home when the streetlights came on. But you also now can, you know, we all know how to type. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. this very interesting blend where we're like, we weren't incredibly distracted. Right. And we, and like, I, I got my first job at like literally 12 years old yeah. and I worked there for three years before they realized I was 12 years old. <laughs> and then they strangely had to take all my hours away and I quit because I couldn't work enough. Yeah. Um, they didn't, they had a bad onboarding process. But, um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's just like, I always just wanted to work. Yeah. And, and, and that's not, that's not the same now. That was one of the best pieces of advice I got in career visioning. Brad Knowles, he was like, if you want a quick, quick insight to someone, look at how long their work ethic is. And I mean, their work, um, history, uh, history is, yeah. and they're not putting down their high school job. So, so ask them, what was the first job you ever had? And if they're like, and they're like, oh, when I was 18, I didn't know. Like, did you work before that? Like, what's the very first job you had? He's like, you're, you almost always hear they were 11, 12, 13, doing something. Right. Like, the first time you got compensated. Were you babysitting? Were you, right. were you at the mo- showcase cinemas movie theater? Like, where were you? What were you doing? Hmm. I was like, I think I, was, I don't, I don't know if I believe, I think, if I agree with that. I think, oh. I think I was eight and I was cutting my neighbor's lawns for like, what now looks like, I think I was a child laborer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'll, I'll weed your entire backyard and mulch it for like, just give me $9. And they were just like, uh, okay, bro. Like, yeah, of course Brendan you Brendan started that. working at 22, which yeah. is why he's yeah. like, this is, this, is, this, this, is, this is actually his first job. <laughs> Today. I mean, ish. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's an interesting call. I haven't heard that stat before, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was anecdotal, but I what's think your I fir- think what's your first job? Um, I worked. My like uncle's girlfriend had a consignment shop, and I was probably like eleven, and I went in a couple shifts, and then I babysat Meredith, my admin. Wow. Because her sister was seven years younger than her. So she wasn't like a babysitting age, but they didn't trust her to be with her younger sister. Mm-hmm. So I babysat her, and when I was twelve, and uh, and I you know just all the Brandon, way never Brandon, stopped. Brandon, do we dare find out? Uh, my first job, I was a sailing instructor in the summer at like 16. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> I could see that. On the rough beaches. It was hard. It was hard. Yeah, I'm sure work. it was hard. Yeah. I was an electrician. Mike? I got yeah. For a short amount of time. And then I was like, I can't work with my dad. Mm. So yeah. then I, uh, I ended up getting a job at my, my brother-in-law at the time. Um, not the same one, real estate. But uh, I ended up getting a job. Uh, driving a forklift for Estes, which was a trucking company. Mm. And I did that for like three months. I was like, yeah, that's not for me. Yeah, I bet. And then I went back to working with my dad and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. Love it. So I did that's pack what some lobsters for. too. My, my, dad, <laughs> my dad was a seafood broker and owned a little lobster plant. So like occasionally I would have to go there and like pack lobsters, but not a lot. Did he sneak a few? No, I don't like lobster really. Really? Yeah. Oh, Unless right. it has bacon on it. I had to let you okay. go. Yeah. Yeah. 
Listen, we can learn something from Gen Z. It's like quality over quantity. Like they're yeah. like, we're not going to like give our life up to this. This is a hard business not to what do that in. What about this? But do you get, I don't understand this. What the, is that? The, the, the snapping claps. Instead oh, of yeah. clapping, they do the snapping clap. Like don't I, really, don't, yeah. I don't get that. I don't that. speak Gen Z language yet. I'm working yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. I do yeah. think there's something to that. Like, yeah, I get when I have like really rough weeks or like, you know, you get those couple of transactions that are like really draining your capacity or you're you're dealing with someone else in the industry that's like unaware and it just like it really just drives you up a wall. Mm-hmm. And like I just so frustrated. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Working seven days a week, fifty two weeks a year, other than other than maybe some elongated trips to Florida. And Where like you still and like for what? Like and it's never yeah. enough. I can always do more. We're addicted to growth. Yeah. And like, you know, this industry is very toxic in the sense it's all about units volume it's like no man it's about the client experience so and like it's so easy to lose sight of that when you get especially like as you level up you start networking with more and more people it's like well i wonder what he's doing now i gotta get better my youtube channel it's like there it's there's never perfection no it's so frustrating and that's and, and that's what attracts i think people to this business but it's also the number one reason that people get out of this business because there's no like do this for three hours a day do this for four hours a day. And then there's no like path, right? Like it's, it's a free for all really. And it's it, like I said, it's, it's, it's a curse. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse at the yeah. same time because people that don't have that guidance usually end up failing, you know, but they yeah. get into this industry to be able to guide themselves. And then they end up getting out of the industry just as fast as they got in. Yeah. It's hard. It, it's, it's tough. Or they're yeah. very satisfied. I guess like for KW, we'd say like half cap or quarter yeah. cap status, right? right? Very satisfied with their salary there and a couple million sold. And that hurts the client customer experience because yeah. we like, you know, people don't general public. I, I would presume doesn't understand how much money from these commissions go back into the business to serve them. Correct. And so, um, so we're, we're like, okay, we want to grow exponentially, but it costs money to grow oh, exponentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so essentially like, this is like, you, you know, your other, like uh, your mind shift about it is it's never enough, but it's never enough because we're trying to create an experience, an experience for them. That's like so incredible. Look at this. Wow. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm so Seth excited about what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to break I, all the equipment, you're, you're, but you know what I'm saying? I do. And I, I've made this reference, uh, pun intended on the podcast before <laughs> and with Brendan, it's like, I feel like I'm constantly just trying to like get into, uh, outer space, like break out of orbit. Right. Right. And like, you I know, feel that. the, the, the yeah. there's not enough rocket fuel to mm-hmm. punch through the atmosphere. Yeah. Right. And so we fizzle and we, and we relaunch over and over again. And eventually you'll click through and then you can shut that freaking engine off. Right. But that's the hard work. Right. And it's like, it's really tireless. And the amount of inertia and energy you need to, yeah, yeah. to try and, you know, break through, it's it's so exhausting, right? So it, it sounds like, and Kristen especially, and I know I've heard this from you numerous times about the client experience, right? Like it's all about the client experience. One would think when you're talking to, you know, sales driven people, like the measure of success would be units sold or, or some other like easily defined metrics is is the measure the measure of success client satisfaction or yeah those yeah. reviews like I, we, I th- right that's how we measure that yeah. i mean how we do yeah right? we're, we're gonna start something next quarter are you guys familiar with uh, nps like net promoter score Mm-mm. no so retail metric basically it's you've all taken the survey in the years of shopping anywhere where you get one um, and basically instead of it being this 300 question survey i mean they might ask you a couple of questions hey who'd you work with mike 
you know, what was Mike's level of expertise? You know, what was his communication? What was the knowledge? All just good data points for us to be able to coach Mike. But they really just ask one question at the end, and it's what it all hinges on. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? Would you recommend them? Would you recommend me to friends and family? Okay. And if you're, a, this is just a Best Buy thing, of course. Uh, if you're a one through six, like, uh, you know, you rate them one through six out of the 10, you're what's called a detractor. You're actually hurting the business. So the lion's share from one to six, you take away business out of that small business. Okay. If you're a seven or eight, you're what's called a passive. You know, the experience was take it or leave it. Unfortunately, I think a lot of our clients personally are in the take it or leave it field, truthfully, mm-hmm. because although I, I talk a lot about client satisfaction, like for me, how I define client satisfaction today, unfortunately, is not that. It's did I get you the most money and was I easily accessible, right? Mm-hmm. And and today, like, listen, those two things are pretty important. But the reality is, is would you recommend me to your friends and family is the true measure of success. 100%. And that's if you only give me a nine or a 10. So if you give me an eight out of 10, it's a push. Yeah. You know, right. they're, they, they're not going to rant or rave about you at the dinner table. Yeah. They will, they will just be like, oh yeah, I sold my house. Oh, they were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, why are they pretty good? Ah, you know, it's just like, no, they did well on price. And like, yeah, I, you know, they were pretty good. But like, mm-hmm. I'm not like, dude, you need to call Kristen, man. She was lights out, right? I mean, that's what my people say about yeah, that. Sure. I, that's yeah. what I thought. I, yeah, yeah. I read that Every on your I mean, just go look at my Google bottle. reviews. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll pull up. We'll pull up. I mean, I have 800 like, Google email addresses, <laughs> but look at my reviews. They're there's, all really good. There's, <laughs> there's five. No. We'll, we'll, we'll have to check the, the Google business kidding. profile later and check it out. But, you know, because that, that's the thing. It's just like th- that even the Google review metric, it's like... Um, I mean, you could, in, you could anticipate that maybe that's what they're saying, but no, a lot of those reviews are, are quite frankly solicited, right? They're oh, not yeah. just Always. people, you know, yeah. and listen, yeah, we all think that's important. It's a smart business decision to do, but you know, so we're going to try and internalize like in Q2, like a, a quick survey and then listen, if, and when they give us great feedback, first off, we're going to improve and act on it. That's what's most important. And, right. Um, and secondly, yeah, we'll ask for the review, but like, are you doing it, um, in Within the transaction or after? Yeah, you mean gather reviews now or the or, or that hypothetical like in survey? the deal, like after purchase and sale, after reviews. Ap- so after it closes. Yeah, <laughs> so we do ask for it in in high, in high moments of the transaction. Okay, right, because I find as if you know we we have a closing tomorrow. The client's packing up; their life is being disturbed. This is a life event for them. They're not, right. They don't uh, bad time. They don't yeah, give a shit time. about my review yeah. on Google. Right, when we get the offer accepted, when we sign right. the PNS, we kind of take a minute to slow down and explain the next steps. That's when we're a lot of the times we're asking for it. And listen, if for some reason it doesn't come in, we're going to harass them for the rest of their life. But, but what I'm saying is like probably Q2 will launch this more in depth survey to mm-hmm. just gather data for improvement and really try and chase that internal metric. And I think, you know, uh, you guys walked in on like, we were having like a key performance indicator. Meeting, I interrupted right? that by the way. Yeah, it was cool. You really threw me off, but it's fine. <laughs> um, like client satisfaction. Yeah. It's the true measure. And I think review count is not the end all be all of that, right? No. So, no. and I think it also gives you action items to yeah. go back and chase. Like that's, reviews are a lagging metric. That Do you know how important. often people ask me for reviews and I would always re- like refer them, but I've never left a review. Like, I mean. Yeah, that's true too. Right? I do that. Yep. I mean, you're like, oh God, I don't have time for that. But if I know someone, like, I mean, you, you know can ask, you can ask <laughs> chat GPT to write right <laughs> yeah. now. So. Should uh, I, I should give them that Genius use. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. What would you say is the, the most important vendor relationship you guys have that's not like on your team uh, from a real estate standpoint? 
Um, my go-to attorney, lender, and contractor have been instrumental in training me. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always something weird that comes up that I've never heard of. I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't matter how many transactions. Never goes away. And Yeah. And I rely on them for in their expertise, and they have steered me in the right direction every single time. Awesome. Mike? I would say that's a good one. And I, I, I parlay that with a really high-producing lender yeah. that's accessible, not somebody that you get right. shoved down the line on their team, something like that, but somebody knows the ins Was and that up. shade? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. No, uh, okay. no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Felt a little uh, like a little no, bit of shade. shade. Towards, uh, no, no. Um, yeah, no, real, a really knowledgeable lender because essentially when you first start talking to clients and they're asking questions, of course you don't want to answer every single question that you may not be the most qualified to, to, to answer. But the reality is the more information that you have that comes from somebody of a high level to somebody that is a high level, usually we retain that information, right? And a lot of it starts from the first inception of the first phone call and knowing what to ask the client. So, and knowing how to answer their questions. Cause a lot of times, how many times do clients ask us lending questions, like lending all the time. questions oh, all regularly. the freaking time, yeah. all it's, the time. I think it's the, it's the biggest misconception. They have no idea how to financially get started. I know personally when I was buying, I had no idea how to get started. I was yeah. on, I was on with a client literally before I walked in the door and they were asking me how they apply to buy a condo. I'm like you don't apply, <laughs> you know, you don't apply to buy a condo. Yeah. You apply to pot potentially rent a condo. But uh, I would say lender, just having that connection and being able to ask like high level questions. And I would parlay that into appraiser. Mm. Um, I often talk to multiple appraisers, both here and in Pennsylvania, and just pick their brains on certain things, especially if I get the report back. I'm wondering why they made, not that I'm making micro adjustments on my listings and stuff like that, guys, but- it you know, helps you learn about pricing. I, I'm probably the only person that's sitting here that could say they've won 10 out of 12 appraisal disputes in their career. Uh, yeah. That's very, yeah, that's very that's rare amazing. to win. Yeah. And it boils down to- no, I mean, not everybody's going to know as much as an appraiser, but if you speak their language, sure, it'll yeah. get the deal pushed forward. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. You've so. taken the time to care about what I do every day. So I'm yeah. going to take the time yeah. to hear you out. C correct. You're right. not some Meanwhile, stupid agent. I, and that goes, <laughs> a, long, that goes <laughs> a long way, right? right? When yeah. someone speaks your language and, and you can sure. tell that they care, right. like you're going to listen. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, the, when you ask questions to these people and, and, and they're, giving you that information and you truly care what those answers are. And then you reiterate that information to the client because they ask like, what happens if it doesn't appraise or what happens yeah. if this happens during an F I know there's not a lot of FHA and VA deals here, but like they want to know that they don't want to have to get off the phone with you and get reconnected to somebody else. They want information now. Right. You know what I mean? And while we don't want to give them disinformation, we want to provide high level information that we could back up and getting that information from somebody else that's a high producer yeah, super is smart. important. One, one, one last question. So it is called the word. So now we're looking for what the one word that would define your next 12 months. I got mine. All right, Mike. Cons consistency. Consistency. And what does that mean to you? Consistency to me means consistently publishing a video once a week, at least once a week. And so far I may have missed once, but I've been pretty good at it for the beginning, the end of last year and the beginning of this year. Cool. Yeah. I am not a rule follower, so I'm giving you two. <laughs> I named my years. This year's health and wealth. 
Um, what was last year? I have so <laughs> many was, questions last about year naming your years. Okay. Last, last year, year was, was growth. <laughs> yeah, last year was pain. Last year was growth and we doubled. And so that was cool. Whatever the word is, it is embedded in my calendar. Um, I believe that what I learned this year was we, as we doubled, we like physically and mentally killed ourselves. So we're like, okay. Growth is so hard. Right? Big time. So how do I double again? but not want to cry. And, and this is about like time and energy and mental and taking care of yourself and, and all the things. So, um, yeah. What's, um, what would you say your two biggest action items are in health and wealth? I need a full night's sleep. I'm, I tend to work till one 30 in the morning. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Well, because here's what happens. I'm in bed at like 10 or 15. The kids go to bed. My kid, I work after the kids go to bed. My kids, uh, today, Avi was home. He was sick. Right. So, you know, that took some time away. I get, I got to still get it done. We got to get it done for Mm -hmm. our clients. So whatever time needs to happen, needs to happen. So, you know, that comes back to leveraging backup care for Mm -hmm. when the kids, right? Like, so we're looking at how we spend our time daily, all three of us. And, um, uh, so what was the question? Action items. Yeah. I was just, curious. I was just being implementing the health yeah, and implementing wealth. Implementing the health yeah. and wealth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, we just hired a financial advisor and we're going through every single bit. Sam's a stock guy, uh, real estate. So we're, what, what are our next moves? How, how do you marry the two? Yeah, yeah. Right. And so we're doing, we're doing is that it, kind of work. Is it, Mar- is it Martin? It, it is. Martin, Martin Conley? He doesn't know yet, but he's getting hired next oh. Congrats, bro. <laughs> Martin's my financial advisor too. Oh, great. Yeah. See, and awesome. thank you for he's that referral. Yeah. Amazing. Really? He was yeah, amazing. We, yeah. we interviewed many advisors and he was fabulous. Fabulous. That's good. Um, and um, food. Like, I mean, you know, like the no one's like fueling our bodies and yeah. uh, making sure that we're at our, op- like, I got to get my body at my optimal level. So I have the energy. It's not about just like vanity. It's about yeah. being uh, like waking up in the morning and not going, God, I can't, am I going to do this? Today? Wellness is a big deal. Wellness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It total is a wellness. huge deal. Yeah. And I've also like, I would say over the last, I had my hip replaced last December. Ever since after that, um, I've been trying to not to you know, no, go ahead. Not, not to take, yeah. take, take the stance here, but, um, it's important for veteran agents and veteran loan officers, you know, attorneys, whatever. I mean, you really have to take care of yourself. And it's amazing that once you start taking care of yourself, you end up getting more business, some more business. Right? Well, that's you it. Feel that Health way? and wealth. hundred yeah. percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So like it opens up taking care of yourself really like we better start taking care of ourselves. Seth. Well, go no, get a facial, go, go to the gym, yeah. go to, you know, go do those but things. It's got to be those consistent things. It it's has like, to be, con- you right. wanted, I like how you, you worked his word. Yeah. There we yeah, go. Good job. Right? Yeah. Good job, Kristen. <laughs> we need to and have these people on our show. Yeah. Seriously. Thank you for having us. Oh my God. It has to be put in the calendar and done right. Yeah. Um, I've just been trying to get up like one or two days a week, super early. So yeah. this year I'm trying to get up at five, you know, and, uh, once this week, once this week and once last week, three 30. Oh, okay. that's yeah. like impossible. For yeah. me. No, you know what it, it is? Like, here's the deal. I'm at, I'm fine on four five, six hours of sleep. Right. So Jen yeah, takes the you. bullet on, on all baby things all the time. She's the best. She allows me to be the sick human that I am, which is great. We work well together. And uh, I'll tell you what, like it was the funniest thing and the strangest thing. So I'm up at 3.30. I just woke up. You know, I was just like, I'm just going to get up. I have so much to do. It was just on my mind. So I went downstairs. I just had a cup of coffee and like chilled for 30 minutes in quiet, caught up, you know, watch the news, watch a show I've been meaning to watch that I haven't had the opportunity to do. 
Um, then I did the dishes. Jen's, one of Jen's core job accountabilities at home, she always takes care of the house, always does the dishes. So I helped her out. You know, she's eight months pregnant. So I do sure. the dishes. You better be. I, I re- <laughs> this I re- this one time I decided. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. So I, Can I, we just touch on the fact that his wife has a core accountability? Okay, listen, Jen, I hope you're not listening still. This, Thank God she shuts it off. And yeah, she's deep. one of those, yeah. She's one of the no, 18 like, bit of people. She's so, in an Excel spreadsheet somewhere. <laughs> so I, uh, you guys are the worst. We do that though. I know that sounds crazy, but we have chore jobs like because you have to talk about it. Okay. Not so, to. so, you know, I, I do the dishes twice and like, I'm trying to catch us up. Right. And so then, um, I, I love cooking. So it's like, it's like four 45, almost five in the morning. I've gotten some work done. I've done some of the house duties. Right. I'm like having a great morning. I'm fucking wired. I've had like three cups of coffee. <laughs> right. And it's great. So, um, Noon, you're done. so, so, so Kennedy stirs upstairs. Right. So I, and I like, I don't, I don't have the baby monitor on nothing. So Jen takes care of it and I'm like doing the dishes, hustling around downstairs. So Jen comes downstairs, like half asleep, just resettled Kennedy. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, I'm making banana bread. <laughs> and she's just like, and she literally is just like, what the fuck? And just like turns around and goes back upstairs. So it's like, it's, she comes back down at like 630. She's like, what, like, what were you doing this? When did you get up? Like, and I was just like, oh man, I did the dishes. She's like, how many cups of coffee have you had today? But dude, I'm telling you, then I came to work. I beat everyone in the office. I had one of the most productive mornings. Like mm-hmm. I worked half a day. Yeah. Before anyone woke up. Yes. Yeah. Like, and then we did podcasts that day. Like, I, man, it was such a great day. Mm-hmm. I caught up on like two weeks worth of Were work. Were you burnt out right. the next day? No. No? That's no. impressive because that would no. happen for me. Yeah, but that, so, that same so, thing. So just like that, I, you know, I, I don't want to call it anxiety, but like the to-do list never stops growing during the day. Mm-hmm. Like to, to be able to come to work, to-do list done, inbox empty, and took care of my family. Like, dude, I was like up on a high. Yeah. Okay, so now- Is that I, when you woke up at 3.30? Yeah. I might try waking up at so, 3.30. And you know- I, You want to do it? Did, did it again. I don't want to do it. No? <laughs> did, I tried it before it didn't work. Oh, I, I also did like 60 push-ups that morning. So <laughs> the next morning, I was like, dude, I'm so oh sore. God, and Jen's like- So what, you like, literally <laughs> did everything. Yeah. Did, you were like, I'm just going to do all the things. Did you journal and do affirmations? Yeah, 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 really. And practice gratitude? I did. I did the night- No. Wrote 10 notes. I did the night before- brain dump into my wonderful Good. remarkable tablet. You should. It's important. Um, but this, no, it's just this like, podcast is sponsored by Remarkable. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we need 40, 40 <laughs> listeners for now. <laughs> um, but no, it's like, so I'm trying to do that a couple of days a week and uh, I'm trying to really bring, I've literally had my alarm set to go off at 5 to 5.30 for two years straight and I just don't get out of bed. So yeah. I, I'm trying to be way better with that and it's it's really, really helping. So, we, so is like that part of accountability? Like, yes. Wasn't that your word for? It was. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah. That all ties. Yeah. You that know what we ties. should introduce to this daily? You should add daily routines. I think mm. a lot of people are interested in a realtor's. Yeah. Not that I want to talk about that, but I think it could be a good. Yeah. Well, so like, today, today I slept in. Like and it's you, fun talking about our yeah. daily routines. The, I feel like people Ken, like to hear that. Kennedy was the alarm. I mean, she didn't, she didn't wake up until like seven Yeah. behind all day. You know, so it's just for me, like I. So I what know. time do you go to bed to wake up at 3.30? I mean, we, I think we went to bed at like 10, 10, 30. I'm, I'm always asleep a 100% by 11, if not 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm a night owl. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're up late. What yeah. time do you wake up? Seven? Six. Well, now I'm trying to do 5.30, yeah. but 6.30. You also have four times the children. I mean. <laughs> yeah. We get, you know, yeah, so. you got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot more work. It's like an army. 
Well, we're, and then, and so then you're looking at like the hacks, like, um, what's it called? Morning miracle. Like yeah. you put a glass of water next to your bed, like Pound down it. that out. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, um, so I, I put, there's bottled water in my bathroom, toothbrushes ready to go. Like small hacks to yeah. pick, wake idea. my ass phone, up. Phone yeah. across you know? the room, whatever. Yeah. Miracle morning. Really good book. It is a good book. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah. Yes, this, this is amazing. This. And, and we could probably keep doing it. It's a three-hour podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it needs to. I think there's something missing with. I think people, real estate agents are like uh, yearning for talks about like relationships, scheduling, like how to how to 100%. how do you like handle being a big producer and life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a lot, know. a lot of support staff, personal. Yeah. yeah, at work and bourbon, you know. Yeah, yeah, whatever Sometimes. it takes. Something yeah, two twenty, two twenty one. All right, well, um, we really appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome, seriously. Yeah, this, this, is, was, this is a ton of fun. So fun. Thank you. Yeah. When you do we get paid? Too. This was good. So Five hundred an hour. There's, there's still Just some, leave your Venmo. There's yeah. still yeah. some. Uh, there's yeah. still some espresso <laughs> rips. You, you, you could take off the rug later. Okay. If you all right. Want, all right. So. I brought um, you a coffee, Mike. I know. All right, guys. Thanks again. Well, thank you. Wrap it up. Thanks for listening to The Word Podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. If you could take a minute and leave us a quick review, not only do reviews give us valuable feedback, but every positive review tells the algorithm to push this episode out in front of more people. If you really want to help us out, send this podcast to someone who you think would benefit. Thank you so much, and we hope to see you next time when we talk about The Word.